Hey guys, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. So this chapter continues with Surah Al-Araf. The previous ayah was giving examples of different prophets who came. They did their best to guide their people, but the people were too stubborn and refused. So what happened? Allah wiped them away. Prophet Suhaib is another prophet who was also sent to warn his people. His people were actually originally Muslim. They believed in Allah. However, over the years, they became far away from Islam. They had many bad habits that they made legal and said this is part of the religion. The Prophet Suhaib warned them to leave these made up rules as they are not part of Allah's message. The people refused to listen and their nation was also wiped away. Allah is telling these stories to the Prophet and his people so that the non-believers would understand what their punishment will be if they don't accept Islam. It is a pattern. All people who refuse to follow the truth will eventually be punished and wiped away. Allah actually tells us how his plan works, the specific way Allah tests and then punishes people. Before Allah sends down a prophet to a nation, Allah first makes the nation's condition a little worse. He makes things bad, the economy is down, hunger, poverty, bad weather, war, etc. Allah does all of this to soften the hearts of the people. Because when the people are suffering, then they are desperate for any kind of help. So this makes it easier for them to accept a prophet's guidance. It makes it easier for them to understand that, oh, Things are bad for us because we're doing something wrong. We should probably change ourselves and turn to Allah. But sometimes even after Allah does all of that, they still don't listen. Allah does something very interesting then. Allah does the opposite now. Allah makes them successful. Allah makes things great in their lives that maybe they might be appreciative of Allah. That sure, at first they were angry that Allah doesn't love them, but now that things are great, maybe, just maybe, they'll be appreciative of Allah. And then if they still don't change, this is what Allah does. He leaves them alone. He lets the people continue doing bad and lets them enjoy their lives and have fun. But Allah says that this good fortune, this good luck that they are having is a signal of the beginning of their punishment. How is that a sign that the punishment is coming? Well, think about it. If you're doing something bad and your life is great, you begin to get comfortable, right? You think that, hey, I got away with doing something bad, right? And you think that things are actually better than before. You let your guard down and you're happy. And that's when Allah strikes. That's when Allah hits you when you least expect it. Allah lets you enjoy and be happy. He lets you fly in the sky, only because the higher you're flying, the harder you'll fall. Yeah, pretty savage. But that's the point. Allah's only telling you this so that you don't make the same mistake. Don't think that just because things are good in your life, that means Allah forgot all about the bad things that you're doing. No, 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 no. He's waiting to strike when it hurts the most. This is why having blessings is also a test. Why? Because when things are going great, it is very easy to forget Allah because you're happy now and you don't need anything. Hardship is a sign that Allah actually cares about you. Even hardship as a punishment is a blessing because Allah wants this hardship to force you to come back to Him, force you to realize your mistake and turn back to Allah. This is Allah warning the non-believers during the time of the Prophet ﷺ that don't be like the previous nations. Don't think that you'll be able to get away with it. No one gets away with it. Even we sometimes think that we can get away with doing bad, but Allah says, just watch out then. Allah mentions the story of Prophet Musa ﷺ, how he was sent to a corrupt nation. Musa confronted the Pharaoh and told him to surrender to Allah and release the Israelites. Of course, the Pharaoh, Fir'aun, didn't listen at first. He said, where's your proof of this God? And so Musa threw down his staff and suddenly it turned into a snake. And obviously Pharaoh still didn't believe. He said that this is just pure magic. Pharaoh told his people, don't believe Musa. He's just trying to trick you into leaving your land. Musa was trying to help and Pharaoh made the people doubt Musa's intention. And this actually happens in our lives too, where sometimes we have good intentions, we want what's best for someone and we try to do the right thing, but they doubt our intentions. But Allah says, just be patient. So Pharaoh's minions were with him and they told the Pharaoh to stall Musa for a bit. They assumed that Musa was just a magician, so they planned to get the best magicians in the entire city to come and do the same so everyone can see that it's just a magic trick. So all the best magicians came to the palace for a showdown. 
They asked Musa, okay, do you want to go first or should we go first? Musa said, sure, do your best. And so the magicians did their thing. They threw a bunch of rods and ropes and amazed the audience. Everyone was like, oh, and they said, okay, Musa, let's see what you got. Allah sent a single ayah down telling Musa what to do. So Musa threw his staff down and his one staff undid all of their amateur magic tricks. It was clear to everyone that Musa's power could not be just magic. This was something entirely else. Even those magicians, they bowed down to Musa and admit, okay, we believe in you. They surrendered. Pharaoh was furious. He said that this is all a lie. It's a conspiracy. He said that the magicians are on Musa's side and they all planned this just so they can make him look bad. He was so angry, he told the magicians, you either admit right now that you planned this with Musa, otherwise I'm gonna cut off your hands and feet and kill you. You'd think the magicians would get scared of dying and just support Pharaoh, but nope, they didn't. The magician said, you can torture us all you want. We will not lie. That's how strong their belief in Musa and Allah was just after this one incident. That these magicians were ready to die now for the sake of Allah. In our lives, you know, we're very scared about someone doing magic on us. In Prophet Musa's story, it shows how one single ayah destroyed the nation's most powerful magic. So no matter how strong any type of magic people today use, if you believe in Allah's words with confidence, then you'll see how the Quran can stop any and all magic, no matter how strong. Honestly, all Musa asked Pharaoh to do was admit that only Allah is God and to release the people of Israel. And after he saw Musa's power, Pharaoh totally did realize that whatever Musa was saying was true. And he could have just admitted and let the Israeli people go, but he didn't want to. His ego stopped him from accepting the truth. So the Pharaoh's advisors asked Pharaoh, so what are you going to do about Musa? Are you just going to let him cause chaos in the city? Pharaoh said, no, no, no. We're going to kill their boys and oppress the women so we can scare them into obeying. Musa's people got worried. They couldn't fight back and they didn't know how they were all going to escape. So they asked Musa, Oh Musa, do something. Musa told his people, Stay patient and pray to Allah. This is a lesson for us too, that when we're in trouble or dealing with something bad, instead of being scared, we should remind ourselves that this is nothing compared to Allah's might. And the best thing we can do, and only useful thing that we can do, is to be patient and ask for Allah. There's nothing Allah can't handle. Trust Allah and believe in Him with all your heart and understand that there's nothing in this world, no monster, no person, no country, no weapon, no disease, no problem that Allah cannot wipe away with the blink of an eye. So Musa's people still kept complaining. They said, Musa, we were in trouble before you came and we're still in trouble after you came. So what's taking so long? They were impatient. We all need to realize that Allah can test us however long He wants. Some of us may be in the same bad situation for years. Allah takes His time in giving you what you want because Allah knows when is the best time to give it to you. So instead of being impatient, trust Allah. Well, Allah did eventually help. Allah sent down swarms of flies to the Pharaoh's supporters, sent down floods and insects and storms. It got to a point where the Pharaoh's supporters told Musa, okay, fine, fine. If you really want to prove to us that you're telling the truth, then ask your God to stop all of this and we'll believe you and we'll let your people go. Obviously they were lying and Allah knew they were going to break their promise. How many times have we been in that situation where things are really bad and we make a promise to Allah that if you stop this problem, I promise I'll change myself. If you help me pass my exam, I promise I'll give a donation. If you help me get my speeding ticket drop, I'll eat halal for a week or whatever deal you try and make. We make these promises when things are hard because we're so desperate. But as soon as we get what we want, we don't do our part. So what did Allah do to the Pharaoh's people who broke their promise? Allah drowned all of them in the sea after he parted it from Musa's people. Yep, that's what Allah did to Pharaoh's people for lying and breaking their promise. So what do you think is going to happen to us when we break our promise? Allah led the people of Bani Israel across the sea and towards another city. And in this city, they saw people worshipping idols. And just like that, they were so amazed by it. They remembered how their grandparents and years of their culture used to love worshipping idols. So what did they do? They asked Musa, Hey Musa, can you make us a god like these people have? 
Yes, after all that they had just been through, after Allah saving them from Pharaoh and splitting the ocean in half for them, even after all of that, they had the ignorance to ask Musa if they could make him a statue god. Allah tells us, if we are going through a hardship and we are not patient enough, then we won't end up learning the skills that we need. We won't properly learn our lesson from this current test if we rush through it. And then what happens? Then the next test that we're in is even harder and we fail because we didn't learn anything from the previous test. And that's exactly what happened to Musa's people. They were impatient and they went from one test to another and they failed. Musa told his people, how can you guys be so dumb? Allah literally just helped you through all of your problems and now you're asking for a statue God? How many times have we done that? Where even after Allah fixes our problem and answers our du'as, we ignore Allah and act all dumb that, oh, okay, you know, like, <laughs> I'm fine now. I got what I needed. Musa and his brother got his people settled in an area and Musa then went alone to mountaintop in order to connect with Allah. That's where he spoke to Allah. In fact, we learned that Musa asked if he could see Allah and Allah said, you won't really be able to see me. But look at that mountain over there. Allah shined a bit of his light on the mountain and a hadith had said that it was the amount of a fingertip and that mountain completely flattened and turned to dust and Musa fainted. Our eyes obviously can't see Allah, definitely not in this world. This honor to be able to see Allah is actually only given in the afterlife. Allah gave Musa the Torah and gave him the message to share with the people of Bani Israel. And once Musa gets back, he sees that his people just couldn't resist building a statue of a cow and began worshiping it. That after all the help they got from Musa and Allah, they still somehow thought it was okay to worship other gods. Of course, Prophet Musa was furious. He warned them to change themselves and ask Allah for forgiveness, otherwise they will be punished. Again, Allah is all merciful. Allah says he will forgive Musa's people if they give zakat, charity, if they stop sinning, and if they follow Allah's instructions properly. So this story is directed at the Jews during the time of Prophet Muhammad That listen, you guys have gone astray, but just as I gave your people another chance in the past, you have the same chance to be forgiven if you change your ways and accept the Prophet Muhammad The Jews have actually been following so many unnecessary rules that were made up by their leaders who put them in the Torah. Allah says, accept Islam so we can remove all these unnecessary rules from you so you can live happier. Prophet Musa's story continues and Allah talks about how Allah provided them with food and water. But many were thankless and didn't want that specific food. They wanted something else. How Allah would tell them to do something and they would try and find a way around it. The Sabbath was another example that we gave in Surah Baqarah. Allah had forbid them to fish on Saturdays. So they put their nets out on Friday. This way on Saturday, they're not fishing, but the nets would still be in the ocean. And on Sunday, they would go back and collect all the fish where Allah would tell them to do something and they would somehow find a shortcut. And of course, Allah would punish them. Of course, there were many people who followed Allah's instructions properly and they were rewarded. Some people, even today, follow the scripture. They, some of them even have it memorized, but their love for this world was more than their love for the hereafter. Meaning that as much as they read the Quran, they still somehow had this love for the world. So they slowly began to drift away from their religion. Allah compares those people to dogs. You know how a dog is so curious? It sniffs everything, chases whatever you throw at it and constantly is panting for more. Allah says people who love this world are like dogs. They'll always want more and they'll never be satisfied. They're greedy. You can be ambitious if you want, but balance. Remind yourself of the bigger picture. Would you rather want to stay in a three-star mansion for one year? Or would you rather want to stay in a 10-star mansion for your whole life? One year would be whatever's on earth and the 10-year mansion is, you know, do you want earth or do you want Jannah? Allah says you were given a heart to understand, eyes and ears to hear and see the truth. Yet some people just don't get it. They're like cows. They think the purpose in life is to eat, sleep, and socialize. Don't be like a cow. Mention Allah with his names. Allah has 99 beautiful names. Each one describes a characteristic of Allah. So don't just read and memorize those names. Actually understand them. And when you make dua, use those names. When someone has wronged you and you want justice, use Al-Hakam. 
which means the bringer of justice. When you're in a financial situation, call Allah using Al-Razaq, the provider. Do not make up names for Allah. Do not add names for Allah. Whatever names Allah has, Allah has already told us about. So don't call Allah anything else. Allah reminds us again, those who ignore Allah's message will eventually get their punishment. Just because life is good for the people who sin doesn't mean that Allah has forgotten. No, Allah is just waiting to punish at the right time. Allah asks, do people seriously not look at this universe and wonder what their purpose is? Reflect on your existence. How are we alive right now? The Big Bang caused an explosion and then billions and billions of years later we are here right now? That's not random. That's Allah's actions. The people would always ask the Prophet ﷺ when the Day of Judgment is going to be. And the Prophet said that he didn't know. Only Allah has that knowledge. What we do know is that the Day of Judgment will come on a Friday. This is why Fridays are so sacred. Instead of worrying about when the Day of Judgment will come, we should be preparing for it instead. A person's Day of Judgment will basically begin when they die. The Prophet ﷺ is only human and that type of knowledge only belongs to Allah. That is why you should turn to Allah. Don't turn to anyone else. You know, it's funny, we all turn to Allah when we need something, but as soon as we get what we need, or as soon as things get even a little bit better, people start to get lazy. They get comfortable, they pray less, make less zikr. This is a bad habit we should stop doing. You're basically taking advantage of Allah's love. Would you want to be friends with someone who only talked to you every time they needed money or something? Obviously not. Allah says there are those people who call upon others for help. They ask idols for help, dead people for help. Allah says none of those things will be able to help you. Even the same for when we ask people for help. You can't depend on people. They're either busy, dealing with their own problems, they don't have time, or they just don't know how to help. Yes, people and doctors can help, but only if Allah allows it. The shifa will always come from Allah. A medicine or treatment will only work if Allah allows it to. This is why you should turn to Allah before texting your friend about your life problems. Allah then explains to the Prophet ﷺ how he should spread the message of Islam. And these instructions are for us as well. Allah tells us, you must have patience when dealing with ignorant people. You have to be kind even if those people are being rude to you. And we've seen this example in hadith many times where the Prophet ﷺ had trash thrown at him, food thrown at him, called all sorts of names, and he never got mad. He was nice regardless. And you know how they say, kill them with kindness. That's exactly what he did and what we need to do. When people see that we are still so nice despite how much they harassed us, they might not convert, but at least they'll see that, oh, that's how nice Muslims are? Ignorant people are always looking to trigger you and upset you. Whether it's in comments on Instagram or you know, some white angry person posting really disturbing pictures. They just want a reaction. And when we get mad and start yelling and cursing, then we say things we don't mean to. Then not only is the message lost, but we're also lost in our own anger. Remember, Islam should never be forced upon anyone. Our job is to simply educate people, kindly educate people, answer their questions, and Allah says there will always be people who just don't care about the truth, they just want to insult you and make you mad. Allah says don't fall for it, just ignore them, avoid such people. Even if they continue to talk bad, just leave. Do not start yelling back and arguing with such people. Allah tells us when the Quran is being recited, pay attention to it, learn from it, and understand the meaning, and then apply what you have learned. Allah tells us to remember Him, remember Him throughout the day. Make zikr out loud or in your heart. It is the best way to stay close to Allah. And those who stay close to Allah, Allah stays close to them. So this is where Surah Al-Araf ends and Surah Al-Anfal begins. So Surah Anfal begins by talking about who gets the treasures after war. This surah was revealed after the Battle of Badr, the first battle between the Muslims and non-Muslims. So after the Muslims had won this battle, they wanted to know, so who gets the treasure? And Allah says, this treasure belongs to Allah and His Prophet. Allah asks, are you guys fighting for Allah or are you guys fighting for the money? you're fighting for the sake of Allah. Allah and the Prophet will get to decide how the money is distributed. Because before this, the soldiers would just grab everything that they possibly could and they would get distracted and some people would even get greedy to get more than the other person. This is why Allah is telling the people, don't worry about the money. 
Allah says a true believer is one who fears Allah, one who remembers Allah, who trusts Allah, and wants to actually become closer to Allah. Those people who pray on time and they give charity whenever they can, Allah says those people have high ranks. And yes, they might still sin here and there. All people do, no one is perfect, but Allah is always forgiving to those true believers. So leading up to this huge battle, many of the Muslims didn't want to go to war. They were outnumbered and they were scared and wanted to wait to fight another day. But even though all odds were against them, Allah told them, trust me. And even the Prophet peace be upon him continued to make dua and because they put their trust in Allah, Allah helped them win the battle. Anytime we're in a tough situation or need help, Allah says, ask me, ask Allah for help. You might not get help the way you want it, meaning you say you really wanted a job and you're making dua like crazy and you're asking Allah for help, but you didn't get the job, you might think, huh, Allah didn't help me. No, but he actually did, because a few weeks later, you get an even better job. See, when you make a dua, Allah does three things. Allah either gives you exactly what you wanted, or Allah gives you something better than what you wanted, or Allah saves your dua to give you a much bigger reward in Jannah. So essentially, Allah will always answer your dua in one of these three forms. Even if the entire world is against you and you think you are alone, you are not. Allah will always be there for you and He will give you victory even if you were to go against the entire world. Allah tells us that our wealth and our children are a huge trial because that's what we spend most of our time and energy on in this world. Don't end up disobeying Allah just to make a lot of money. Don't forget to teach your children right from wrong. Always remind yourself, all you need is Allah's help. Allah's help is the best help. And if you want Allah's help, then ask for Allah's help, which means you gotta first pray five times a day. Follow the Quran, follow the Sunnah. Do your part first and Allah will do His. So let's quickly recap. We learn about how Allah has sent many prophets over the years and how anytime those people refuse to follow Allah's commands, they were wiped away. We learn how Allah punishes people, how Allah puts people who sin through hardship so that they can turn back to Allah. And then when that doesn't work, Allah gives them many blessings so that maybe they can be thankful to Allah and then turn back to Him. And how when that doesn't work either, Allah then just leaves them alone allows them to have fun, enjoy their lives and be happy, just so Allah can strike when they least expect it. We learned that when we are put through hardship, it means that Allah loves us, because Allah wants us to turn back to Him, and hardships help us stay close with Allah and force us to continue improving ourselves. When Allah takes the guilt away from a person, that means Allah has left him, because without guilt, a person doesn't have a reason to turn to Allah. We learn about the story of Prophet Musa and Fir'aun, and how even if we go up against the most powerful of people, enemies, or face any type of hardship, all we need to do is simply trust Allah and rely on Allah, and Allah will help us through. We learn about the history of the Jews and the struggle Musa had while trying to change the Jews, how they were very stubborn and continued to disobey even after Allah had saved them from Pharaoh and provided for them. We learn that we shouldn't get too attached to this world. We should focus on the hereafter. We learn that only Allah knows when the true day of judgment is and how no one will be able to help us except for Allah. So we should ask Allah for help using His 99 names. We learn how to spread the message of Islam, how we need to always be patient and kind to others and avoid getting angry and avoid arguments. And lastly, we learn from the battles that even if all odds are against us, the whole world is against us, Allah is almighty and powerful and He could easily help us win any situation. Alright guys, so this is where chapter 9 ends and the surah continues in chapter 10.